Hey now, and welcome to Random Movie Club. I'm your host, Rob Logan. In each episode, I sit down with a co-host to discuss any movie of their choosing. The only qualification is that the movie is available to watch at home on DVD, Blu-ray, or digital. Before you listen to this show, I highly recommend that you watch the movie we're going to talk about, because we're going to spoil everything. Also, at the end of the episode, I'll tell you which movie we're going to discuss next so you have enough time to watch it. If you enjoy Random Movie Club, you can help keep it going by supporting us on Patreon. Supporters get special benefits like bonus episodes, patron-only movie events, giveaways, and more. Show your support for Random Movie Club and The Geek Generation by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com support. On this episode, I'll be discussing Max Payne with Captain Howdy. Let's roll the film. Max Payne was released in 2008 from director John Moore. Written by Bo Thorne and based on the game franchise written by Sam Lake, the film stars Mark Wahlberg, Mila Kunis, and Bo Bridges. So you chose Max Payne as your movie. Mm -hmm. And as I asked all my guests, why did you choose Max Payne? A couple of reasons. First one being Max Payne was probably the first video game that um, solicited like a, like an emotional response out of me. Um, I found the story just super intense. The characters were so well developed, um, and just sort of the the journey that Max takes throughout the whole thing. It's just it was it was an absolutely incredible experience, and being able to take that and put it into movie form, which is generally a medium that I connect with more on levels like that. Same, absolutely. The 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 movie just ended up meaning a lot to me. On another, uh, the other hand, the, I feel like the movie just gets a lot of flack that it doesn't really deserve. And I 100% agree with that. Any opportunity that I have to scream about that at people, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm happy to do. So that's mm-hmm. that's 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 why. I'm glad you chose this because I honestly I feel the same way about this movie. It doesn't get a lot of critical acclaim. I feel like, one, it's a beautiful movie. Yes. I also feel that it is potentially the best video game movie. 100% agree with you. Absolutely. There's there's a lot out there. There's a lot that people have said were good. And then in hindsight, they look back at it and they're like, eh, I think Max Payne is the reverse. I think that a lot of people came out of it being like, well, it wasn't enough like the game for me. But then in hindsight, you're like, you know what? It actually held true to like the tone mm-hmm. of the game. And at the same time in hindsight is just a very good movie. Oh my God. Yeah. And there's honestly, there's not even that many differences between the movie and the game. No, I feel like the, the movie obviously can't have as much length as the game. So you, you miss some things, but mm-hmm. overall the, the spirit, the, the main plot line, there were very few embellishments as far as what you saw on the screen versus what you mm-hmm. saw in the game. I mean, I, I th- thought it was, it, there couldn't have been a more perfect rendition in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about the movie itself, as always, I go to IMDb and gather up a whole bunch of trivia about the movie. Uh, and we have quite a few things to talk about here, one of which relates directly to the game that James McCaffrey, the voice of Max Payne, in the video game franchise, makes a cameo as the FBI agent that Lieutenant Jim Bravora introduces to the real police officer. He also shows up near the end of the film asking if Bravora is all right before calling in Division One over the radio. Oh, wow. I actually didn't know that. I didn't know it until I looked it up either, and I think that's super cool. Yeah. I love when they incorporate people from the source material in that way. It's like getting Luke Ferrigno in the Incredible Hulk movie real quick, just 
just to do it because it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's a nice touch for sure yeah uh despite the game being based around slow motion or bullet time as they called it the shootouts there's really only three slow motion shooting sequences in the whole movie mm-hmm. and i think they're used to good effect i think they could have overdone it oh yeah oh yeah for sure you know especially since and if if i I'm not sure um, what the relation to this movie and The Matrix is as far as like when they came out. But I know Mm -hmm. that every time you bring up Max Payne, I shouldn't say every time, but a lot of the times um, that's one of the things that people like to complain about is the the bullet time. And, oh, they ripped off The Matrix and it's it's maybe 30 seconds of the whole movie and they only do it a couple of times. And when they do it's fucking dope, like it It works. (laughs) And if you ever play the game, yeah, that's like that's the main mechanic of the game so if they didn't do it in the movie it would have felt like it was missing something Mm -hmm. but they definitely didn't Zack snyder it either and make every action sequence (laughs) slow motion which was smart could have been overdone mark Wahlberg reportedly never played the video game as he didn't want to become addicted and felt the script connected him to the story enough that's awesome i think that's that's really great that speaks a a lot about the movie right there Mm -hmm. you know that you don't have to be connected to the source material to uh to appreciate it yep uh the role of jason colvin was originally offered to toby mcguire even though chris o'donnell ended up playing it Mm -hmm. i feel like the characters yeah yeah it's very small role um small role for anybody really i I yeah find his character kind of useless (laughs) Yeah, um, I found it odd to see somebody that I knew playing that character. Mm-hmm. That that kind of threw me off a little bit, and I guess I just I don't really like Chris O'Donnell very much. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it was a misdirect. Like this character is going to be important. They they just cast somebody to really <laughs> yeah <laughs> just take care of it. Uh, very little of the movie was actually shot on green screen. Instead, director John Moore opted to shoot in Toronto during the night in order to add extra reality to his actors' reactions. Mm-hmm. I love the love the as practical as you can be with with your effects and with the the look of the film. Mm-hmm. That's I'm I'm all about that. One hundred percent. Max keeps most of the stuff from his old house in a shipping container at a place called Gognitis Self Storage. The place is named after Mafia Lieutenant Vinny Gogniti, one of the video game's minor villains. Hmm. There's a lot of references to the video game like that throughout, which is kind of nice. I like them. Uh, Another one, the Valkyr graffiti tag from the original Max Payne video game is visible just before Max takes a whipping in the alley by Mona Sachs. Interesting. I did see it up on the wall and I I did look for it. So I I compiled the trivia before I Mm rewatched the movie. So I know kind of what to look for. And I was like, oh, ah, God, yeah, I gotcha, there it is. I gotcha. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a yeah. minute since I played the game. So it was um, I wanted to play it before we did this, but I just didn't have time. It is it is kind of a long one. Um, it so it, it was a little bit more difficult than I would have liked to kind of pick up on those similarities. The trailers and promo items include material that was cut from the final film. This includes Max and Mona getting attacked at the tattoo parlor and Mona stalking a person in a fur coat and lace. Mm-hmm. Director John Moore announced plans to release a director's cut of the film called the Gamer Dedicated Cut, but these plans have never materialized, apparently. I loved loved that trailer. Yeah, it's real good. God, there's a lot about this movie that's real good. Like, I forget <laughs> how good it is. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's good enough to where I bought it, and yet it's not something I'm like, oh, I need to watch Max Payne. Like, that doesn't always happen, but like right. when I watch it, I'm so glad that I did. Due to the PG-13 rating that the studio wanted, John Moore filmed two versions of the two biggest action sequences in the film. Uh, A, the Acer swap building shootout, and B, Max Payne's attack on the Acer building starting from the parking garage scene. Moore filmed a version with impact squibs, which are seen in the PG-13 cut, 
and one with bloody wound squibs. Moore also stated that the unused parking garage scene using the uh, the blood wound squibs was, quote, one of the bloodiest shootouts he has ever filmed. Uh, it's it's really disappointing that um, I didn't really feel like because, you know, I've seen the the uh, the unrated cut, too. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it did really bother me that the movie had to be cut at all for a PG-13 because I just I don't really feel like it's it's super over the top. Even it's not. It doesn't feel like it. Mm hmm. The oh, lastly here, uh, the extra scene after the end credits was supposed to set the stage for a sequel, obviously. Mm-hmm. But due to the film's poor performance at the box office, 20th Century Fox decided to abandon those plans. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. So let's talk about the movie itself. OK. In all of its spoilerific glory. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, like we were saying before, one of the things that jumps out to me during this movie so much and one of the things that I love about Max Payne, the game itself is the visual style of it mm-hmm. and it carries directly over i mean they're not doing blatant graphic novel panels like they did in the game and i love those in the game but it would have felt a little weird here um but they do kind of give you that feel with like the blacks and whites kind of muted colors yes. and then just splashes of red everywhere yeah i mean it, it looks when you when you you take a movie like that where you can you can say that every frame like it if you took that and just pulled it out and looked at it by itself like it looks like a like a painting Mm -hmm. you know it's it's just absolutely incredible the way that um they were able to just take you know just normal everyday scenes and and scenarios and you know that it's something you've seen before but it also looks like something that you've never really seen before and it absolutely uh absolutely did a great job of respecting the way that the game looked as well and kind of translating that to to film is just it's incredible yeah i loved all the transitions where you like get a flash of red and then it fades out slowly mm-hmm. and then you get like just left with the muted colors of the next scene every time there was snow falling i was like man this is freaking gorgeous right now it's just the lighting is so beautiful against like the falling snow and everything yeah absolutely the way it's it's almost it's almost like um I, I hesitate to say it's dreamlike because there is a dream sequence in mm. it's a dream sequence. It's more of a flashback, but it, it plays mm-hmm. like a dream, especially in the video game. But that's that's almost what watching the whole thing feels like is it feels like you're just watching somebody's dream as opposed to reality. Yeah. Uh, like we said, there is a lot of stuff that carries over from the video game. They're very good about bringing over the kind of tone and attitude of it. Now, I, I also have not played in a while. Does Mona not show up until Max Payne 2 in the games? Or that's like when her bigger role is like maybe you get a little bit of Mona in the first one, but it's not a lot. Yeah, if I remember correctly, she is not she is present, but she's not very present. Yeah, Um, you know, she's she's almost doesn't feel like a main character. And I know that the second one and it's been even longer since I played that one. But the second one is where she she really shines. Yeah. Yeah. And that one gets wacky. Yeah. (laughs) Real wacky. You know, she she doesn't have that much presence in the movie, though, either. I mean, she kind of has to because it's much shorter, of course. Mm-hmm. But you you don't really ever lose your focus on Max, even when Mona is there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they did as much as they could, you know, to kind of achieve that a similar balance to the video game while still giving you, you know, another character that um, is important to the story and is, is as relevant as they need to be. Yeah. How did you feel about the antagonists in the movie compared to the game? Because like the big antagonist in the game is probably what they would have used for the sequel because they set that up. Mm-hmm. And I forget her name, but like that that businesswoman, that head of Acer, mm-hmm. uh, she has a very small role here. But 
I just remember she's played by Meredith's mother in Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's who she is to me. She's Meredith's mom. But we get like BB and Lupino are kind of right. like the two bigs in this mm-hmm. one. Well, I, 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 it's, it's going to sound like a weird answer, um, but I honestly feel like it doesn't matter. Because to me, what this movie is about and what the what the first Max Payne game was about was his own struggle with loss and how it just sort of breaks him as a person. Like, that's the story to me. Yeah. The story to me is not Acer Corporation. You know, it's it's about um, how people deal with um, having unlimited power in this case, which would be uh, BB. Mm-hmm. You know, because he has that he has that whole monologue in the in the movie about how, um, you know, when he's basically going to kill Max and he says something along the lines of, you know, I didn't know that this was something that I could just do and this would take care of all my problems. You know, I would mm-hmm. have been doing it all my life. Like, that's just like a, a disgusting display of just like raw power. Um, it's such a weird monologue, too. It's actually in my yeah. notes is like one of the things that I was like, that feels I, I guess I mean, it's supposed to feel inhuman, mm-hmm. but like. It also feels, I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't work necessarily because it felt like such a 180 from everything else we've seen from BB in the entire movie as if they were like really just hiding the twist. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. We didn't get like, we didn't get foreshadowing really. Right. You feel like that that's an issue with the, with his performance or just with the, how it's written in the movie? It could be a little both because I don't know what he did versus the script. Mm hmm. I did notice in like every scene that he leaves BB in, BB just hangs his head immediately. <laughs> like every time he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, Max, you're killing me. Yeah, he's he's I don't know. Uh, Bo Bridges is kind of just like, I don't know. He's just very like hard to watch to me. Yeah. A little bit. What was the performance? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I find that, you know, overall the any they could have you could have put any antagonist in the movie. It wouldn't have mattered mm-hmm. um, because you still have that story about Max basically doing whatever he needs to do to sort of attempt to let go and, and move on from the death of his entire family. Yeah. And that's 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 the, the bread and butter for me. They did a really nice job of showing his not feeling invulnerable because it wasn't that his like not caring if he lived or died. Yes. I mean, he didn't have a death wish because he had a mission, but like he was very reckless all Mm -hmm. the time. And it was subtle things, too. Like he would walk across the street and just walk in front of driving cars with zero hesitation and they would slam on the brakes. So there were like little things like that throughout the movie that just kept reinforcing how reckless he was and how like focused on what he was doing. He was, he just didn't care about anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's sort of, you know, you you pick up on that kind of in like the opening, uh, the opening lines of dialogue a little bit where he says, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't believe in heaven, um, which, you know, represents everything that's, that's good. And, and, you know, not even necessarily in a literal fashion, just represents something that you would care about enough to, you know, avoid death, I guess, to not yeah. be so reckless. Um, he says, I don't believe in heaven. I believe in pain. I believe in fear. And I believe in death as in like, it's, it's an inevitability. It's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, why am I going to, why am I going to worry about caring about, why am I going to worry about preventing that? Mm-hmm. Which ultimately is something that, you know, he feels like he needs to do to get revenge or, you know, however, however you want to put that. I don't think it's quite that simple, but. Yeah. Know. 
Yeah, it's a little more complex. Yeah. One of the things that I wish they brought over from the game that they really didn't, because when I think of Max Payne, I think of Bullet Time and I think of the Blood Trails. Mm-hmm. Those are like the two iconic things from the game for me. So like they do do that memory sequence of him walking through his old house. And I was praying that they would have some incorporation of the blood trail mm-hmm. in there. And I understand it would have made the sequence a little bit longer because those those levels are infuriating in the game. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're both infuriatingly long Mm-hmm. And they're throwing like platforming elements into a slow-mo shooter, which just don't need to be there. So it's an aggravating part, but it's one that's like burned into my memory as a result. And I kind of wish they had done something with it during that memory sequence. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of things like that, I do think just sort of sort of all revolve around the same idea that if this movie does have a flaw and I will sit here and I will shout as loud as I need to about how much I love this movie and and mm-hmm. how much hate it doesn't deserve but man the one thing is the one thing that that you know I will fully admit is what is it like 90 96 minutes I think for this yeah. movie something like that it's not enough yeah i agree it was not enough it's a little too short and i don't think that much was cut out of the r rated version to make it pg13 no i believe it was like 3 minutes i think and just mostly yeah. mostly violence yeah it's something very small but yeah i would have loved to see more exploration like like you said they were the the important thing is max and his loss and not necessarily the mission and the antagonists mm-hmm. so i really kind of wish that they'd leaned into that yeah which i think video game movies are afraid to do a lot i think they focus on just being action oriented yeah yeah i would uh i would definitely agree with that um you know and, and i'm not sure if it's um an issue of how the general public what like the 18 to 35 i guess i don't know if that if i'm getting that range right but you know that audience especially in you know 2008 um how they perceived video games in general which wouldn't have necessarily been an emotional experience it's it's blood and guts and fun and you know a couple hours wasted and that's it so i think what we got as far as telling that emotional story goes in this film um was was fantastic but I, I, it does kind of make me wonder if this movie was made like this year, would we have gotten the same movie? Would or would we have gotten that that stronger character study, that you know, two hour and twenty minute movie instead? Um, right. That would have really helped them be able to kind of flesh it out and give it the attention that it ultimately deserves. It's interesting that video game movies are often like action oriented and shorter when a mm-hmm. video game itself is. This like long, generally, like this like the ones they make into movies are these longer explorations and have tons of character right. development because they're yeah. not usually making movies out of the things that are just pure action, mm-hmm. but they're not also exploring the characters. That's the thing. Like that was one of one of uh, uh, critically one of the biggest complaints about this movie was, oh, it you know they said it was sold as an action movie, but it's not an action movie, you know, and. I don't know. I I look at like I watch that trailer every day because I used to work at a movie theater and I would put that trailer in front of as many movies as possible just so I could watch it. Like I saw I see that trailer and I said, you know, I didn't pick up on it to be like an action movie. It wasn't sold to me that way. Mm -hmm. I can kind of understand it because that's a lot of what the trailer is. But you still kind of have this idea in the back of your head when you watch it of like, oh, well, this isn't just about that. This is about the characters as well and their stories and not just, Mm -hmm. you know, bang, bang, shoot them up for an hour and a half. So I, I it, it does kind of bother me that ultimately 
this is not an action film. It's 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 a noir detective film. It's a character study. It's like a supernatural thriller. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair for people to fault it because it doesn't have enough action when it was then they say it was sold as an action movie when it wasn't. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And and the tone feels right. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like we were saying earlier too. like it too much slow mo bullet time would have ruined this movie for sure. Even the action sequences are done sparingly and they're all yeah. fairly meaningful. There's not a lot. And this is another kind of point in its favor, especially as a video game movie. There's not a lot of action thrown in there for the sake of action. Yes. They didn't have time. <laughs> no, no, they didn't really. How did you feel about the uh, the role that Valkyr played in this movie and kind of the way that they visually represented it? I mean, I didn't necessarily have any any complaints as far as that goes. You know, I thought that that was just as much as there needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand why people had issues with how it was presented because it was it could be a little bit confusing. Um, I, I'm trying as best I can to speak, you know, at least for this question, as far as as somebody who hasn't played the game, because mm-hmm. if you played the game, you know, you get it, you understand it, you see what they're trying to what they're trying to push at you right away. Because um, they have time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's true. Um, but as far as you know, I think it it was embellished a little bit too much, you know, as far as how um, how the effects were uh, portrayed in the movie. But ultimately, I think it was effective because it was quick. Mm-hmm. You know, you knew what was happening to somebody right away and you could see how intense it was right away mm-hmm. because, again, they didn't really have time to sit there and focus on that for, you know, how 5, 10, 15 minutes at a time. Like, you've yeah. got to move on. So, you know, you get your big sprawling shadow angel bird, Viking whatever the fuck. Valkyries yeah, like. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, it, it, and it, it, it works, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly one of the things that I really like about the movie, although I understand why people might be a little confused because I've I've watched it with people who are like, wait, why are there (laughs) demons attacking them, (laughs) especially at the beginning? They're like, wait, what? Like, I thought this was just like a guy getting revenge. Why are there like demons? And Mm -hmm. and and, and yeah, of course, it doesn't make sense at the beginning. But as you go through, I feel like the, the Valkyrie only show up when somebody is tripping out on Valkyr. Right. I feel like they did that enough for people to make the connection. And yet there were still some people who were like, wait, he pulled him out the window. Why did he pull him out the window? Be like, no, 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 no. Like he was, he was super high on this drug and tripping. And he like leapt out the window himself. He was like, no, but the, that thing pulled him out. Like, no, that's, that's metaphor. That's representation. Like he's nuts. He jumped out the window. Don't take it literally. (laughs) Yeah, I I do think though, and you know this this is probably the only other thing that I can say on it is that even though we as as viewers are not supposed to take that literally, mm-hmm. the way that the movie presents that that's what these people are seeing. It's true. That's that's a little strange to me. You know, if you if you okay, I I have this drug here and I'm going to take it and it's going to make me see that see this very specific thing. Yeah, a little odd, a little bit odd. Like I'm I'll I'll give you that. To the point where they're all getting the tattoos of the wings on them yeah. because that's what they see. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it it doesn't bother me. It is strange, though. It's also very strange that Acer would put a wing in their logo. I <laughs> 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 feel like this is the thing that all the junkies are tattooing on themselves. Good thing it's in our logo. <laughs> it's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I really love the the visual representation of them too. Like all the having like the ashes form, and like you see the just cinders kind of burning in as they're appearing is visually amazing looking. Oh yeah, I love too. And uh, although like I never want the hero to have to resort to this in movies like this, but when Max does eventually have to take it yeah. to like keep his heart running, basically. And he's just screaming with like burning embers around him. I'm like, that's the visual that sums up how Max feels about this entire movie. Yeah, I mean, it was that was that was perfect. You know, like he 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 was breaking through that. You know, he did what he had to do, and he still overcame what that thing did to him. And that was mm-hmm. such a perfect like visual representation of that. Um, you know, it did get a little bit silly, you know, when, you know, his, his wife shows up out of nowhere and it's just like, Max, you know, and it's yeah, just like, yeah. okay, well, sure, I guess you had to do that. Like, that's fine. But, you know, it's it's overall, like I thought, like the emotion in that scene was was perfect. And, you know, I love when, when a movie is able to portray something like that without saying a word. Mm. I think that that's, that that's incredible. And it was, it was, uh, it probably couldn't have been done any better without reworking the entire movie. Yeah, I mean that's that's a movie rule right there. Show don't tell. Yeah, and that's exactly what they were doing, which was phenomenally done. Are there any other like big things that stood out to you or kind of bugged you about the movie? It's it's really difficult because anything that I would say as far as that goes comes down to the the length. The movie mm-hmm. needed to be longer. Like it just ends. <laughs> it's like there's like yes, there's there's resolution there, but like man, I I can't actually really interesting kind of having this thought process like i don't think it's going to change my mind but like i just i never thought about this like i cannot put myself in the shoes of a moviegoer saying mm-hmm. i want to go see a movie this looks interesting or i like mark Wahlberg or whatever let's check it out mm-hmm. you know like it probably was pretty confusing and that's and you know i i I, you know live in this bubble of like being a huge max Payne fan and suddenly you're ripping me out of it and i'm uncomfortable i don't like it (laughs) (laughs) so you think maybe they didn't they didn't prepare a completely new movie viewer enough for this story yeah i would say that that's that that's probably accurate yeah there just there wasn't enough there Mm. and i get that and you know i have to i have to be able to be uh, critical of that i still think that you know, it gets a little bit too much hate, but I can I can definitely say that just overall, just to you know, sort of attempt to answer your question. Um, that's really my biggest thing is it wasn't enough. It was an it it was enough for me, but it's not enough for somebody who doesn't know Max Payne. Right, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, we get the they mention early on that his wife was killed. They mention nothing about the kid mm-hmm. early on, and we don't see that until like I don't know the beginning of act three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, When he goes Mm -hmm. to his house, his old house and he sees the crib there and it's still not that explicit. Mm -hmm. Like we know. And I wonder if they avoided that topic because of the PG 13 cut. Like we know the baby's dead in that scene though. There's not any real evidence that the kid was killed. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, it is mentioned in the beginning. So it's just kind of something that they expect you to remember. But yeah, there is, you know, that is another something that's important to mention is, you know, how much 
of a lack of substance does this movie have because they were forced to stick with the PG-13 rating. Mm-hmm. I do find it interesting as well that, um, and if I if I remember correctly, um, I was doing a little bit of reading a couple of days ago, and that was one of uh, 3D Realm's chief complaints about the differences between the movie and the game and sort of why mm-hmm. they disowned it, was because in the game, you see that right at the beginning. Yes. But in the movie, you don't see it until like, what, 45 minutes in or something. Um, yeah. And I wonder, the, I wonder if, do you feel like that would have made a difference as far as somebody who doesn't know anything about Max Payne and just going to see the movie if they saw that first? I think it would have immediately gotten people on Max's side and rooting for him. Mm. But I think you don't want people to necessarily root for Max right away. Like he's supposed to come off as an asshole. Yeah. And then he becomes not completely relatable but a little more endearing throughout the movie Mm -hmm. as we kind of figure out like oh okay this is the reason he is why he is i don't think it should have come as late as it did but i don't i don't think it's necessarily the first thing we wanted to see yeah granted it would have set the tone right away and been like hey uh let's get the big the big stuff tackled let's present this this is the material we're dealing with now you have to deal with it for the next two hours <laughs> yeah it's 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 always really interesting to think about like even just that very basic shuffle mm-hmm. you know take this scene put it to put it at the beginning just to just to see sort of how much that could potentially change someone's perception of of the movie as a whole you know again like i could sit here and say oh i was on max's side you know from the start sure but again i just i cannot put myself in the shoes of somebody who just doesn't know that story Right. So it it tends to be pretty difficult to uh, think about how how actually that would be portrayed by somebody who doesn't know. Yeah. My only other kind of gripe with the movie and it's a very small one. That freeze frame of the uh what the mobile above the crib and the 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 BB's face in there mm-hmm. was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was unnecessary. It was a junk shot. It was not necessary to do to have him like remember his face in there cuz there's no way and yeah. it's it's just a really shitty still frame. <laughs> like, yeah, they clearly did that in post. It's it's a little awkward. It's a little awkward, yeah. for sure. It's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, a great movie! Yay! No, I really enjoy Max Payne. Like we did say, it definitely is... It definitely is my favorite video game adaptation. In a world of many, many attempts at making solid video game movies, yeah. uh, Max Payne is by far the best of them. I would agree 100%. Any uh, final thoughts on the movie before we wrap things up? Um, the only thing I would say is give it a second chance. You know, maybe maybe anybody that's listening, if you've, you know, sort of your ears parked a little bit and you said, oh, well, you know, that kind of makes sense. And, you know, or maybe I wasn't um, somebody who could appreciate this movie because I haven't played the game. Play the game. Play mm. the game. It's a fantastic game. It'll take you, you know, maybe a day or two, you know, if, if you have a few hours each day to, to spend with it, play the game and then watch the movie. And I, I really do feel like that would give somebody the ability to uh, appreciate it a little bit more. I have to say I'm tempted to play it again just <laughs> just because it's been a long time and I, I do miss it. It's a tremendous story. And you can watch that at twitch.tv forward slash the geek generation. <laughs> Speaking of plugging things, uh, is there anything we can plug for you? Uh, well, um, not necessarily anything specifically at the moment. You know, I, I spend most of my time, you know, modding and community managing on Twitch. Um, so I, I generally stay behind the scenes most of the time. I will be on a, uh, um, another podcast soon, TM. Which honestly, called, by the time this comes out, it will probably be out already. This, 
Maybe, we're we're, we're so. backlogging too before we release, so <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, the podcast is called Deep Dive. I'll be doing that with um, Miss uh, Pumpkinberry, so another broadcaster on Twitch, um, where we sort of take take the the narrative of a video game and sort of pick it apart and figure out how it relates to our lives and and just sort of sort of dive into that as as much as possible. Um, so I'll be doing that. I do my own streams on Twitch every so often at twitch.tv forward slash capped howdy c-a-p-t-h-o-w-d-y but beyond that that's that's about it cool well thank you so much for coming on the show and uh talking max Payne with us thank you i was super excited i'm super excited to uh to do this and i hope to i hope to do it again oh you shall because we we have many movies to talk about yes (laughs) yes random movie club is a production of the geek generation if you like this show be sure to check out our podcasts and videos at geekgeneration.com plus our live streams at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. Don't forget, you can support Random Movie Club by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. As always, thanks to Michael McLeod of Wolfstead Music for our theme song. A link to his site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next time when we'll discuss Her. See you then. <laughs>